You're listening to the Unframe of Mind show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your host, Daniel Wagner, battles the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Make sure you hit the volume. Is my audio and everything okay? Yeah, absolutely. I can hear you. We're going to go hang out for a minute now, just you and I. And we'll, uh, we'll impart our parenting wisdom and knowledge and debates upon everybody else. And they're just going to have to sit back and watch. And I do have a couple extra slots. So if anybody who's watching does end up wanting to join us, you're more than welcome to. So there's that. Just throw that one out there. I am still waiting to hear back from two other people that's supposed to be on the show. Apparently, I'm the only punctual one. Yes, that is the word. Punctual. Anyway. All right, so we got the tea ready. Got the tea ready. Got the notes ready. I think we're good to go. Got both ears on. You got your ears on? You good to go? I got my ears on. All right, let's roll. I have no idea what we're talking about, but hey, that's cool. No, no, you'll, you'll be <laughs> fine. That's why I asked you that question earlier, because that's kind of what we're talking about. Hey, all right, all right. let's see. So, um... Is Miss Stacy interested in coming and hanging out with us as well? We're talking about parenting. <laughs> and see as how, you know, you've done a little. Maybe uh, you could join us. Just let me know. If she does, just let me know. Okay. So anyway, so let's begin. And so just for anybody who is interested in today's topics, I'm going to go ahead and throw them out real quick. Of course, we're going to have the blockchain innovation of the week. As usual, and um, I want to talk about some of the uh, Day for Freedom highlights that um, I had actually covered that uh, earlier this week. Um, we're going to talk about uh, parenting and parenting philosophies and that kind of thing. Plus, uh, we were going to, uh, you know, find out who Chris was going to kill. I even put it in the promos, you know, find out who Chris was going to kill, but Chris isn't here to kill anyone. So maybe he'll show up later and the death toll can begin to rise from there. At any rate. So I guess we'll start with reading Nicole's intro and we'll go from there. And the other guys just, sorry, y'all. <laughs> anyway, so she's a mother of three amazing heathens and she's here to tell us how it's done. She's also the better half of the breakup show, gracing us with her presence. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for having me yet again, Daniel. All right, not a problem. I enjoy having having you here to keep me in my place or, you know vice versa, whichever the case may be. That's a situational statement. <laughs> right. All right. I think we're getting all set up here. God, it's been a fun time getting set up for this. You're not going to believe this, but probably 10 minutes before the show started, um, I have a, I have a weak uh, power cable connection in the back of my computer. So if you bump it just right, the whole thing just shuts down over. And then about... Four minutes before the show started up, the internet decides to go out of my house, so I had to go reset the router. And then as I'm getting ready to click go live, I've got the door open over here a little bit too wide, and the wind was coming in. It knocked my poster down and hit me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. It's been it's been one of those times. So hopefully for the next hour or so, we can you know everything will go a lot smoother. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. So um, I guess I guess we'll start with asking you. Um, during the practicing unsafe section of the show, um, how, how many how many kids do you want to have, or how many kids do you have, or or want to have? 
would be the first I, one. I have three, and I'm quite done for now. Quite done for now. Yes, I have um, one has just stepped into her teenage years, and another is on her way there, and it's, I'm quite busy, so oh, I, I, think, I think I'm pretty solid for the moment. So I have four children, and I plan on stopping when I get to two. You do the math on that. That's I think okay. I already have a good idea, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the and, and that's all I plan on having. I, I don't plan on having any uh, any other children from this point forward. Um, the ones I, I hear have, a lot from people who say they want to have like seven or eight kids, but having three myself and how much work it is just having them. <laughs> I'm just well, like, I, why? You know, I, haven't, I haven't noticed an entirely, you know. A, a whole lot of difference between having two and having four, to be honest. I mean, incrementally, it kind of gets less and less impactful of the overall family situation, except for you do have to get a much larger vehicle when you when you go over that five people mark. Right. It's like all of a sudden you're trading in for a minivan and you're like, where am I going to put another one? Yeah. Minivan. Shoot. <laughs> Haley, you, you remember the purple van, don't you? <laughs> put your put your mouth in my. You remember the purple van? What didn't you, didn't you, what, what did it look like? Oh shoot! Are you even on? I can't even hear you. Hold on. <laughs> you. Say something. No, that wasn't it. Try something now. Something now. Hey, there you are. <laughs> I had I had her volume all the way down. So, so tell tell us about that purple van. <laughs> and big. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so so um, Haley, she, she's um, my thirteen-year-old, and uh, she helps me with producing the show. So for anybody that's been watching, and, and you see all the little audio clips we have brought up, and the, and the video clips that we bring up sometimes, um, that's 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 because of her, because I couldn't do it by myself. You know, see, it's how I only have two hands. I do appreciate you. That anyway, anyway she's she's a good helper. She's a good helper. She's a very good girl. All right, so question number two. Is your children's childhood better or worse than yours was? I don't think that there's a way to compare it. I mean, we were growing up in the 90s, and it's a whole nother planet now. Like, like I, how, sorry, what do you mean by that? Um, Everything, socially, technology, everything is so different. So, I mean, the quality of my childhood was high enough given, you know, what it was, I was able to go and play with friends and go and do different things. But now there's so much more to it. There's um, a bajillion game stations. There's um, different protocols for being outdoors. It's it's a whole other ballpark than it was when we were kids. Yeah. And I find that I find it interesting that that you know the common uh, thinking on it is that we're we're in a much um, much more dangerous environment now than we've ever been, and that you can't let your kids go outside and run around free like we used to back you know in the '90s or whatever because it's just dangerous out there. Um, it's it's interesting because if you actually look at the statistics on it, um, it actually turns out it's much safer now than it's ever been, and and I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of the stuff we see in the media where you know they're. Well, yeah. the awareness is higher and you can go on your phone and you can see exactly what the situation is for them walking three blocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it is, it's much different. 
I like to think that I give them their best life, just like mine was given to me when I was young. Um, not saying that they can have whatever or I had whatever, but, you know, parents do as much as they can when they can. And I grew up to appreciate that and hope that they do too. Right, right. So inc incrementally better. Yeah. Is that fair assessment? Yeah. Fair assessment. Yeah, I, I would I would say my, my children's childhood's better in some ways for sure. Um, it, it, it's certainly different. I, I I don't even I can't even imagine um, how in the world I would even attempt to give them the same childhood I had. Um, so I mean that's that's why the question was phrased as whether it's better or worse. You know, because you know having the exact same childhood would just be kind of strange. <laughs> like it would. It would. You're it's... gonna play with the exact same toys that I played with. <laughs> You're going to play the same Nintendo games that I played. <laughs> right? That would be just weird. Like, yeah, dad, I'm I'm just totally not that excited about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like you were, I guess. You know, there's um, you know, Skyrim out there now. <laughs> I know, right? It all of a sudden I'm talking about the things I was into when I was their age and they're just like, "What?" Yeah, so uh, um uh, somebody by the name of Zero said uh he, he, um I don't know if it's him or her says uh, parent, That's a him. Parent, okay. So he, he says uh, parents tell kids to go outside and get real interaction. And then they say it's too dangerous and come back inside and they play the games. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much how it goes though. I mean, we, we definitely want the kids to be outside, but then we have an increased homeless population. We have 18 pedophiles living in a three block radius. It, it and, Not quite sure how much outside they need. And we all have a nice internet connection with a service that shows us exactly where those pedophiles live. That which, Exactly. You know, need, needless to say that there was probably 10 pedophiles living in our neighborhood back when we were kids. Nobody knew where they were, and they pretty much kept to themselves except for the, you know. The, the, they were the creepy people who stared too much. Yeah, it's like, well. If, I knew if, where they lived. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel like if, if you have a good relationship with your kids, um, and, and you know your kids can come tell you anything that, that these these predators do prey on kids that have a weak fam familial connection and that's what that's that's why yeah i don't know it's just a whole thing behind it but I, I just feel like if you have a good relationship with your kids i think they'll be okay for the most part and you gotta you gotta let them go you know you gotta you gotta well mine have all hit an age where i couldn't stop them if i wanted to so they have cell phones Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got two of them with cell phones and both of them bought their own. I'm not buying cell phones, nor, of them, nor am I buying them their service on their phones either. <laughs> you're you're more of a hardliner than I am. Hey, They're it, not old enough to work, so I, I'm i okay to foot the bill for now. Yeah, I, I figure if they're responsible enough to afford the phone, they're responsible enough to have the phone. I think that's just kind of my baseline, I guess. It's it's a, a little I know it's a little different than most kids, but okay. made them drive more to be able to actually afford their phone. And they do take care of it. You know, um, I, I do. I do provide the Wi-Fi, you know, because it's, it's here. But well, my my babies have a lot of things that I do make them pay for themselves. <laughs> um, I made my son save up for to pay for half of his uh, 3DS. Oh, okay. and then. Um, my daughter actually does work around the house and for neighbors and stuff like that to pay for a lot of her, um, art supplies and programs and stuff like that, because that gets really expensive. Right. Right. So, I mean, there's other things that 
because yeah, they have to understand exactly what goes into that dollar. Stacy says there were no cell phones when I was your kid's ages. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. We, I mean, I remember reaching. I had a pager. <laughs> later teenage years, um, I had I had my own job, but I was also paying for my own cell phone. But it was like you know barely you could barely call it a cell phone. It was a little flip phone with a yeah. The little it. Motorola flip that you had to push the buttons 18 that, times to get the right letter. That thing was expensive as hell. <laughs> oh my God, it was expensive. All right, um, last question. Last question, and then we'll move on to the next section. Is uh, If Michael Jackson and Roman Polanski invited your kids for a sleepover, which board games do you send with them? Rhetorical question. We'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> How to fall into the bear trap 101? Is I, I that thought, a board game? <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I legit lost you for a minute there. because you. <laughs> No, no, no. I did facepalm, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't see you, so I wasn't sure what happened. I was like, man, it got quiet. I, like, <laughs> I couldn't tell if you had just lost your breath because it was that funny, or if it was just not that funny. And I'm like, oh, I crossed the line on that one. <laughs> nah, you're good. At any rate, um, so um, we're gonna cover the uh, blockchain innovation of the week. Um, I forgot to cover one last week. I realized because that if, if you haven't seen that last episode, by the way. I did go back and listen to it and it didn't sound to me nearly as chaotic as it seemed to me while I was in the moment, if that makes any sense. But if you have a chance to go back and watch that last episode, the last live stream, that was like total, total chaos. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like I was constantly trying to rein in a couple wild horses the entire time. It's because you didn't have me on. Uh, I, that might that might have been that might have been. I'm it. the reasonable one. It's like me and Dia. We're the reasonable ones. You, you know, it, it's funny that the um, my friend Rico, who's normally on the show, and he's usually the one that's the over the top conspiracy theorist. As I went back and listened to the episode, it actually sounded like he was more the the voice of reason in this episode between everybody. I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> when you <laughs> very interesting. You know, you know the the moon doesn't look quite as bright when it's standing next to the sun. That's all I'm saying. I know. Right? <laughs> So, so anyway, the, the blockchain um, crypto innovation of the week. Um, so basically the idea here is, you know, imagine that you no longer have to rely on the legacy gatekeepers of journalism and news. Um, the idea, it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a service called Civil. And it's what, what they tout is they're a decentralized marketplace for sustainable journalism set to launch in spring of 2018, which should be pretty soon. Um, the quote from their website says, uh, "We were we were committed, or we're committed to introducing new funding models that enables journalists to focus on journalism, not satisfying clicks over quality mandates from third parties like advertisers and publishers." Um, now, for this, I, I do have a, a small clip I wanted to show uh, about the first minute or so of the video, just to give you an idea what that's about. Um, if you want to go ahead and switch over, you got to switch over to the uh, screen capture. It's on the side there. There you go. All right. So this is this is from the civil. It, it's a uh, civil is a marketplace for sustainable journalism. As you can see there hit the play arrow right there. All right. Just watch this first minute or so here. Journalism plays a vital role in our day to day lives. It's how we record the first draft of history and how we inform and activate communities large and small. It's a foundation for democracy and a critical hedge against government overreach and corruption. But today, journalism is an industry in crisis. The advertising revenue model that sustained publications for much of the 20th century has simply not translated to today's digital economy. 
In fact, publications are struggling to stay afloat. Journalists are losing their jobs at alarming rates, and quality content is suffering in the clicks for cash race to the bottom. Civil's mission is journalism. We're introducing a new model that applies blockchain and crypto economics to how we fund and operate journalism. This allows us to take third-party interests completely out of the equation so that journalists are concerned only with their readers and citizens can rest assured that journalists are operating with complete editorial independence. We are a cooperatively owned and operated marketplace that connects citizens, people who want to support relevant, fact-based journalism with journalists focused on producing quality, independent news. In time, we envision a vast ecosystem of app developers, newsmakers, and citizens working together to create a new and sustainable era of accurate information and civil discourse. All right. So I heard about that on a, on a podcast this last, uh, this last week. And I thought that was rather interesting because it removes, it, it removes like, you know, your, your CNN, you know, big corporate media, uh, business model. Uh, it removes the need for, you know, click advertisements to, to, and, and clickbaity headlines and things like that. It actually is designed to, you know, like they were saying, is connect, um, journalists with their readers, like directly through an ecosystem um, built on blockchain. Uh, I don't know if which which would remove essentially the um, cash money incentive for some of the media bias that we're seeing because we're seeing a split and we can't rely on absolutely any source right now unless we research it ourselves. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, because so so you don't have to have your journalist sitting there thinking, okay. I'm a journalist who wants to tell the real news, but I can only cover certain stories because my employer won't allow me to cover, you know, for, for instance, anything that says something positive about Trump, you know, you know, I, I, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of neat how they're taking this technology and decentralizing the news industry of all industries. And I can't wait to see if it, I, I, there, I know there's other companies or if i don't know i don't know if you want to call them companies but other groups that are trying to do something similar this is just the biggest one that i've heard of so far that seems to have the most promise uh, <laughs> the the independent news collective has a lot of potential but we're still going to face a lot of independent bias and you actually see it with independent uh sources already is they like to color their own narrative in everything they say so there's still going to be a lot of bumps in the road and some big gaps and the readers and viewers are still going to have to do a lot of thinking for themselves, clearly. But it's a good start in the right direction. Right on, right on. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, any, anything would be better than it is now because it, I mean, it gets really hard when you're trying to have a discussion with somebody and, and, you know, just take the, the biggest example right now is, you know, well, my sources at Fox news say this, well, my sources at CNN say this, and they say the exact opposite thing about the same topic. And it's like, well, whose facts are we going to go by? Whose, whose narrative are we going to go by? And it's like, God, it's so, so frustrating when you're trying to, you know, present an idea to somebody and then sourcing the material is such a pain in the ass. And a lot of it is so clickbaity that once you've looked into it, it's not even news. Go, go on. We'll have articles that will come out and they'll have headlines that basically state that the sky is falling and you look into it and it's just some bare essential nothing story about something stupid.
Oh yeah, yeah. Those things feel like a sad, sad hand job. It's like you go in there, and you're, like, <laughs> you're, excited. you're like, "What? Hillary's going to jail today?" Oh, oh, somebody just tweeted that Hillary's going to jail. Okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All of a sudden, you've clicked and you've opened it, and you can backtrack it to a Reddit, a Reddit post, or something that someone saw on 4chan. Yeah, or or the or the latest form of journalism is oh we're gonna go ahead and just compile a list of different tweets that people were discussing about a topic and that'll be our story like that no <laughs> right <laughs> no <laughs> yes Stacy a sad hand job it's possible yes it is the, it is the saddest thing to jerk it with tears like imagine, I would actually <laughs> prefer a sad hand job to a misleading headline okay exactly uh, we spent. Uh, Especially people like you and I who talk about these things and are trying so hard to be, you know, factually competent. Um, we spend so much time looking into something that turns out to be nothing. Yeah. And we're just like, ah. And, and and the thing is, I don't I don't mind somebody being biased as long as they're openly biased. Because if I know, if I go in knowing that, yeah, this guy like totally hates Trump and he's reporting on this, I'm gonna take that little bit of information. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in the back of my mind so that if i read another story that's totally like worships the ground trump walks on and they're reporting on the same thing well i can kind of take details from both of those stories and kind of put together what really happened right find the common threads I, but right. i know where they stand and that helps a lot and and i don't know how they're going to do this exactly because um this particular um what's it called civil site it's um it's set up to to connect uh, not only journalists directly to readers, but you also have the the other part of the economy is the developers. You know, so you're going to have people developing apps on top of this blockchain that's designed to connect all these uh, interested parties together around the idea of true journalism. And, and maybe the apps themselves, you know, you might check out one app that is very good at at sussing out good facts, or whereas one app might be just designed to give you access to all the journalists that you know, tell you what you want to hear. Or maybe there's going to be another app that, you know, sets you up to only read journalists that report on good stories, you know, good, you know, stuff that's happening awesome. And, you know, there's so many different potentials to this that don't center around, you know, click my article so I can make ad revenue. You know, that's just a terrible old and dated model at this point. It is. And it's exhausting. And I'm so tired of having to do the legwork for all these quote unquote reporters. So um, just before we head on into the main topic of the show here, um, just wanted to let you know if you're wanting, you know, just while, we're, while you're waiting for that kind of solution to come along, I do have, um, I created this about a year ago. It's the fake news guide. It's your armor against the media cesspool. Um, and it just goes through a, an entire list um, of just different, different things to look for in your news, you know, so that way it, it, it arms you to be able to <laughs> look at these different news sources and notice when they're being straight up blatant liars or if they're being totally biased or, you know, what have you. So if you if you want to go check that out, um, it's actually on the website on the main page. Just scroll down a little bit and you'll find it. It's the fake news guide. So yeah, anybody who hasn't gone and checked out unframeofmind.com should go and take a look at it after the stream. Daniel does good work. I appreciate the the plug there. That's awesome. And, and <laughs> I, I've I had a I had a guy. Um, I think he's actually watching tonight. Um, he he's been going through all my content and and reading it and enjoying it. And and I'm getting a lot of feedback from him. And now, um, I've actually offered to allow or I've I've offered to allow him to use my platform to write his stories on because he's always got some you know some great 
content in in his comments and his comments alone are like novels in and of themselves. So I was like, let's let's funnel that energy into something useful and we'll make a, 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 a some articles that actually do, you know, stand the test of time and don't just disappear into a comment section and never to be see, seen again. So and I really do appreciate appreciate any contribution. So if, if anybody's interested in, in having a platform and want to contribute videos or contribute articles and things like that, you, you kind of know what I'm about at this point. So that would be greatly appreciated. And I'd be glad to have you. Um, the show is not just about me. It's about opening people's minds. You know, it's about and if you if you know me and you want to get in contact with Daniel, you can always hit me in the DMs on Twitter and I can connect you guys for, so that you can talk. Right on, right on. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna head to the main subject here, and oh shoot, not main subject. I got one more thing. <laughs> I forgot about my, uh, the day for freedom thing that I just covered last uh, this uh, last Sunday. There was actually yeah. an event. I don't know if you'd seen that come up in the live feeds. Um, it, it's it's one of the biggest videos I've had. I, I've already got over four thousand views on this video since Sunday. Um, I was just doing a live stream of the event that was going on in London. It's called a day for freedom. Um, hosted by Tommy Robinson and Milo Yiannopoulos. Um, other guys were there like Gavin McGinnis and Count Dankula and a whole bunch uh, of different speakers all talking on the subject of free speech. And it was fantastic to watch. And, and it was even more fantastic to be able to uh, interact with people as it was going on and, and talk to people in the comments section and also to be able to show them um, some of the uh, live tweets that were going on uh, throughout the course of the speeches. Um, so if you want to check that out, that that happened this last Sunday, and that's on that's on the streams as well. Um, at any rate, uh, one thing I did want to that I did want to point out, and the reason I brought it up today is that um, I noticed that a lot of people were complaining that all the speakers were they were complaining that all the speakers were talking about Islam and how terrible Islam is and how 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 unfair it is that you know these guys get away with the, all this stuff, but you know it's okay to to um, talk shit about Christians, but if you talk shit about Muslims, well, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't, you know, you brought it on yourself. You know, that kind of mentality was going on. And, and I, and I had posted a response to that saying that, you know, if you're in a situation where you're, where a man's house is on fire, you're not really concerned about the drippy faucet, you know, that there, there are other problems. Yes. But we're not really concerned about all that. This is like the big problem that we're dealing with and it's in our face every day. And that's mm -hmm. really what was, that's what was real to them in that moment. And that's what they were most passionately talking about in this particular event. I, I don't you know. Also, you also have to take into consideration where they're at and the um, refugee and um, Islam problem. There is a big in their face problem. I, this is starting to affect their daily lives when the police aren't going to respond to you because you're native. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. It, it's it's pretty sad. I was I was watching one of the YouTubers had gone to the police station, um, and tried to and tried to file a formal complaint about it, and and the guy's argument sounded exactly like the argument of well, if you weren't wearing that that uh, revealing top and that short skirt, you know, then you maybe you wouldn't have got raped. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like, and we're right back to you remember how they used to say that we were. Uh, ableists and victim blaming and things like that when we're like okay but maybe you should start carrying protection oh yeah yeah i do remember that you, you remember back in the day when we would say reasonable things like this and all of a sudden we were victim blaming doesn't it sound an awful lot like they're doing that now no no they would never hypocritically do anything ever i've never heard of that before 
Right, because they they don't they don't do that. Um, it, it's right now Muslims can't be wrong. Yeah, and yeah. that's wrong. <laughs> Um, I, I did hear one point, you know, some, somebody had said this, uh, if, if you, if you want to know who is in control of society, just look at who you're not allowed to criticize. And, and that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, which is why the day for freedom was so important is because you should be allowed to criticize absolutely anyone. No one should be above reproach. Exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly the whole, like that on point that would, you know, every speaker could have come up and just said that. And that would have <laughs> Would have been a very short event, but <laughs> that's exactly what they were, you know, trying to get at. Uh, uh, Zero says uh, so many former internet atheists used to endlessly bag on Christians, but are now themselves culturally Christian and bash on Islam. <laughs> it's it's true, and it's awkwardly true. <laughs> so now, now I I noticed the in the verbiage there you you said. He said bash on Islam, and I don't think that's really what's going on. And no, nobody is actively hating on Islam. That's that's not the problem. We're hating on the repercussions of the refugee crisis and their failure to integrate into Western society. Right, and and, and, and all the precepts that are in the book that are are that's exactly where they're getting this ideology from is from that book. You know, yes, right. Christians do the same shit. They kind of cherry pick, but fortunately today Christians are kind of cherry picking the good stuff. You know, however, you know, there's a lot of uh, Islam uh, Muslims that are cherry picking the Quran and they're picking stuff that's not all that great. You know, and, right? They're they're picking like the darkest parts, and I we. Again, this comes down to the conversation of fundamentalism. And if you're a fundamentalist, absolutely frigging anything, you're wrong. That's a bad place to be. Mm, <laughs> so, so that, yeah, so that, that was, a, like I said, that was a fun event to watch. And if, if you want to watch the replay, I've got it all on tape, except for I did miscount Dankula's uh, speech because my computer shut down on me due to that power cord problem. No, 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 no. It shut down on me because it overheated because I was running too much shit at the same time. I'll get, I'll, I'll, I will get my shit together eventually. I promise. I promise. One uh, day you will learn to computer. It'll be yeah, good. right. <laughs> uh, at any rate. So let me head into the main topic of tonight. And that is about parenting. Um, I don't know why exactly this. Hang on one second. Let me see here. Uh, Yes. Okay, hold on just a second. Let me paste that. Okay, there you go. I got one other guy that might hop on for a minute, and he's just in time. However, I don't have an intro for him. He said he's out and about, so we'll see what we'll see if he pops in here. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't I don't mind. I don't mind. Um at any rate, main main topic is about is about parenting. And my goal, my goal for the show was <sighs> A couple things. Um, originally, my my goal was to bring on a, a wide range of people that are, uh, you know, at different stages of their parenting cycle, if you will. Um, I had I had a guy that was on the opposite end of his parenting cycle. I had guys like me who were right in the middle of it, in the in the meat of it. I had a guy that was uh, supposed to come on the um, 
was about to have a baby here in the next few months. So it was kind of like just all over the spectrum. And I actually had one guy I talked to that was interested. He, he couldn't come either, um, who decided to opt out altogether, um, decided never to marry and never have kids and nothing. So that I, have, I have a sister who's like that. She doesn't like kids. And yeah. she she's, doesn't even like other people's kids all that much. So right. she's just like, no, I don't want to parent. I like my life. And she went as far as to get fixed. Oh, wow. She, she's dead serious, isn't she? Oh, she meant every word. Not for everybody. I mean, it's it's probably the, the number one greatest thing you can do for, for civilization, for mankind. But it's not for everyone, you know. And some people probably shouldn't be recreating. Re there's, there's a list of people who probably shouldn't breed. All right. So that, that was one that was one reason. The other reason is I wanted to get into kind of a, a, a deeper discussion on actual parenting strategies. And, and, and we've already excuse me, we've already kind of touched on it in the beginning um, as we were going over those questions. I didn't I didn't mean to, but, you know, just funny how that works out. It's almost like it was planned <laughs> anyway. So um, let, let me just let me just start by asking you, like, what, what's your what's your parenting philosophy, if you will, or like, how do you. You will never be prepared, ever. There is no right answer. You need to know your kids and you need to know patience. You have to take a reasonable approach to absolutely everything. There is no hard line, there is no rule book, there is no instruction manual. You have to look at absolutely everything from an outside perspective and not get super emotional over the decisions that you make. You do what's best for yourself, for your family and for the kids and you try to raise them to be the best that they can be but it's all fumbling in the dark oh fumbling in the dark that does feel like the first portion of my parenting career for sure <laughs> hey there's there's no answer there's no um there's no manual i kind of wish that there was but you have to be patient and you have to be just generally care enough to want what's best for them right right so that um that being that being said what, what are your what are your thoughts on say homeschooling i think that if they have enough outside interaction because kids absolutely positively do need social skills any kid who is homeschooled or private schooled and does not get enough social interaction will find themselves socially handicapped by the time they get to college. Right. So, and, and that would be obviously the, the uh, responsibility of the parents to make sure. Absolutely. If, if you have a system for that interaction, if they're into sports or they have outside clubs that they're involved in, then homeschooling is absolutely amazing because it takes a lot of the sociopolitical garbage that's being force fed to kids in public schools out of the equation. And they can focus just on the academics. They can do it at their pace and you know exactly what they're learning and when they're learning. Exactly. That, uh, and, and we, we had actually talked about it last year, right before school started. And it seemed like um, half, half my kids were interested in it and half of them were not quite so much. Um, they're, they were more interested in, you know, I, I want to go see all my friends, you know, which is right. uh, totally understandable. Um, Oh, the social aspect is definitely um, important because it teaches them how to compromise, how to read social cues. Um, 
there's I would, I would agree with you except i i don't know that sending my kids to a school full of a bunch of badly parented kids is the best route to get them socialized properly <laughs> uh, that, that's that's accurate enough but knowing your kids as friends is also part of your responsibility as a parent right and and and, I, and we do do that for sure um my oldest daughter got a little pissed off at me the other day because we couldn't i i i, I obtained some new information about one of her friends that i wanted to go and and verify before I let her go back over there. And she wasn't none too happy about that, but she understands. Yeah, it's it's just what we have to do. And it's not about being mean or being hardlined. It's looking out for them and making sure that they become the best them they can be. Oh, check this out. Check this out, Nicole. Did you, did you know, according to Zero, he says there is indeed a rule book for parenting. Do you know what that book is? Yeah, no, no. Now, now he said, no. he says... In in a little stars thumps Bible so hard you can hear it from space, and that's a hell of a thump. <laughs> there's it, there's nothing in there that will teach you how to raise your kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, no. Having not... <laughs> it, I I'm in no way Christian, but I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I have read it front to back several times, and I promise there is no answers in there. Um, however, it does endorse care and patience and understanding. And those are all very good principles to take away from it that can be applied to parenting. I mean, unless you're the firstborn child of the Pharaoh in Egypt and you somehow piss off the, anyway, that's another story. <laughs> then you just kill your kids. You know, that's, that's fine. Well, yeah. Or you hear voices and sacrifice them. <laughs> That's even that better. happened even better oh, oh boy anyway um yeah so let me let me ask you about your uh disciplining methods i, I i'm not i'm not 100 sure where you stand but I, I based on what you've said so far i have a feeling we might end up getting into a debate about this so let's see what you got oh discipline you know that's actually situational i it's for the most part if i'm clear enough on my per, on my where I sit about any given thing, I don't even have to address it. Um, the other day, uh, one of my kids went AWOL. She went over to a friend's and I called her to come home for dinner. No answer. I sat around for an hour, could not reach her, could not reach her, uh, her friend's parents. I went over there nobody answered the door. Mm -hmm. She knows that there's a hard rule that if you are out of the house, your phone is on you and it's turned on. That is just, I don't flex on that. So now until further notice, she's not allowed to go anywhere. It's, it's all very situational. And I don't think that taking things away or uh, corporal punishment, which a lot of people endorse, are always the answer. I think a lot of it has to be um, assessed by what has actually happened to bring about the disciplinary action. I think it really does have to be fitting. Um, now, if one of my kids was caught do doing drugs or something like that, I'd take him out in the backyard and beat him. I'm just kidding, but yeah. <laughs> okay, define beat. <laughs> That's, that sounds fun. 
throw shoes at them till I ran out of shoes. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's very, if they're breaking a law, they're going to get in a lot more trouble than if they're just disobeying me. Um, if something has come up and there's a reason that they broke a rule, I might have a conversation with them and then overlook the whole situation. Hmm. So, so how, how do you how do you feel about like spanking and corporal punishment and that kind of thing? Is it is it uh, how old is the kid in question? Is it because that's going that's really going to affect how effective it actually is and how appropriate it actually is. Okay, ever like ever is it ever a tool for you? Yes. Okay. Yes, I I have spanked my kids. It was when they were younger because mm -hmm. it was an effective method. Um. Now they're much older, and I don't have to resort to that. Are they? Um, are they bigger than you now? No, not at all. But they're they're old enough to be reasonable humans. Old enough to be reasonable humans. That's that's interesting. Um. Whereas most six or seven year olds are not reasonable humans. So the the reason the reason I'm bringing up this topic is because I know that I think it's around ninety three percent, roughly of American households do ab agree with spanking your, your kids. And, yeah. and hey, there are moments where it's definitely appropriate. You catch one of your children playing with a lighter or something, you slap their hands. No, I, I, I get, I get where you're coming from. And, and I felt, I felt the same way for the longest time. And, and this is kind of one of the other reason I wanted to bring up the topic, because I think it's really important um, of a, of a discussion to be had. And I don't think it's being had enough. And I can tell by the video I was watching um, there's there's a guy that I'm I'm gonna show a small little clip of the video. Um, according to like all his other videos, he gets like a shit ton of views. Except this one's only got about two hundred thousand views. <laughs> it's like wait a minute, <laughs> and it was put out in two thousand eleven. Um, but let me. Um, so I'm I'm an anti spanker, and and it's not been like that forever. So that's it's it's been a relatively new phenomenon. And the reason is is I was introduced to new arguments, and as I always preach, when you're introduced to new information that contradicts what you you know, goes against what you had before. You got to look into it and, and, and follow the truth where it leads. And for me, I could not find as hard as I tried to fight it. I could not find any positive benefits to spanking. So um, if, if you will indulge me here for a moment, I, I want to play a little bit of this video to uh, I, I went straight to the end for the summary. So it'd be a little bit easier just just to show you some of the effects of, that spanking does have on kids and just kind of get your thoughts on it from there. So to summarize. Spanking leads to increased child aggression, increased delinquent and antisocial behavior, decreased quality of parent-child relationships, decreased child mental health, increased physical abuse, increased adult aggression, increased adult criminal behavior, decreased adult mental health, and an increased risk of abusing one's own spouse or child. Okay, so... Yeah, and, and that is dose-dependent as well. So th those uh, effects do end up going increasing um, or being more uh, noticeable as the... Uh, I think that that's a fair... Uh, it's a fair assessment if that's your go-to punishment. But um, we have to... if Especially during the years where it is effective because it's a shock tactic, without question. I don't think that it should be done to hurt. It should be done to shock. Um, 
So even when you even when you say that, I I, under, I understand where you're coming from, and and like I said, I, I was I was doing it for the first decade of my parenting career, <laughs> and, and then I was introduced to you know shit like this, and I could not fight the information, so I'm like, well, shit. So it, I, it's I have to change. I, I have to, I have it, no it's change. a frequency thing. Um, if that's your go-to pun, any time that you use a go-to punishment, whether it be corporal or uh, taking things away, one, it'll lose effectiveness, and two, it'll make your kids resentful and will make you resentful. Oh, and I, it doesn't I, matter it, it any time that you have that go-to punishment, particularly corporal punishment, that is absolutely true. So but, let, me, let me ask you this, um, because because so far I've not been able to find a scenario in which um there wasn't an alternative um solution to a problem. Um, uh, so far I, I've been able to pretty easily figure out a way out of it, and maybe maybe you can stump me on one today. But what like what would be a, a good example you would say about an opportunity to spank that would be acceptable? Um, it would have to be something, it usually has to be something extreme. It has to be, um, they have done something to put themselves or someone else in danger. It has to be, uh, playing with matches, playing with knives, getting into something that they could hurt or break. It has to be something very big where simply saying, don't do that has not proven effective. In, in in my mind, when you said don't play with matches, for example, um, I, I imagine this is a small child, maybe less than five. Maybe, yeah, four or five. So I guess my question then would be, why is that? Why does that child at five years old have access to matches at all? Wouldn't that be on the responsibility of the parents to make sure that the matches are not accessible? Um, That's absolutely fair. But we have we have to deal with the fact that they have found them now. Well, they shouldn't be accessible. We have the shit happens scenario. Um, somebody was lighting the fireplace and left the matches out and had to go to the bathroom. Something like that. Obviously, most parents are putting this crap away and it's not a big deal. I think I can count the number of times I've had to spank my children on one hand. In fact, half a hand. It sounds, it sounds like your kids had a way better childhood than even I had. <laughs> But I mean, I, I I remember times I was bent over grabbing my ankles, getting a leather strap across my ass. So that that's that's no, that's I, the difference. Um, yeah, that's if it comes down to that, that I actually view as abusive behavior. Right. No. No. I mean, I, I guess I guess if it was if it was me in in that scenario, what you were coming up with, I would you know, oh shit, you've got the matches. I would you know, of course, I would be shocked. Like, oh shit, <laughs> I'll be taking the matches away. But take I it away. Put it. I put wouldn't it up, make it very, very clear. And if they throw a fit and aren't listening, I would swat their ass. And uh, I, I just, I don't know that I could pull myself to that quite because I, I don't know why they would throw a fit and not listen if, if I'm just taking something from because them. Because sometimes toddlers are going to stop, going to toddler and having something taken away can lead to a irrational bout of little rage. So let me, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, is there anybody else that you could get away with hitting or spanking in your life that would not send you directly to jail? Uh, that depends. Is there a safe word? <laughs> Good question. I mean, I mean, without consent, <laughs> non, no. Okay. You're going to make me be specific, aren't you? Non <laughs> hitting of the child, or is there any other relationship where that would, no, there's not, but there's not a situation. You know, you know, outside of maybe pets, where you are in charge of teaching someone without the cognitive pr 
capacity to simply follow basic instruction. Right. Well, I mean, we're not really talking about pets right now. We're talking about, you know, little people. Exactly. We're, we're, we're referring to small uh, people small enough that they're not entirely sure there isn't a boogeyman under their bed. Yeah. And yeah, I imagine there is a transition period from when they're not able to rationalize stuff and you can't. Right. Once uh, they eventually they hit an age and you can usually tell when that age is where you can just tell them and that's it. So that uh, I mean, and that would be a better I mean, there's there's so many other possible solutions that it's not even funny if you start if, if you if you don't like like what happened for me, which was, you know, if, if you don't mind me sharing this is um, I found myself saying, OK, that is that is off the table. I can't do that no more. That's not even an option. I don't even want to use it as a fear tactic of a possible, you know, so let's take that off the table and let's start thinking, okay, how else can I solve these problems? And, and one, one example I like to give is one of the first things I did was that, um, my, one of my daughters decided that she wanted to keep borrowing my tools without my permission. And, and to me, that's kind of like a violation of my property rights. So that was the principle that I'm trying to instill in her. And, 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 I, and I found something of mine in her possession. I'm like, hey, did you ask for that? No, I didn't ask. Okay, so how would you like it if I, you know, took your shit? <laughs> you know, would you like it? She's like, no. I said, well, you know, take my shit again. I'm going to take your shit and, we'll, you know, whatever. A little while later, she ends up taking my stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> what it was. So... As you know, we'd we'd already talked about ahead of time. I'd already presented the principle at play here, and I wanted her to understand and try to internalize that that principle. So what my solution was? Well, I'm not going to go in there and just hit her. I'm not going to yell at her. I'm not going to, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and fight fire with fire, so to speak. No, if she if she was under if she was old enough to be able to rationalize her way around, she doesn't want you taking her things, so don't take your right. things. Right. So what then, I did, had just gotten a new pair of of Sperry's, and. <laughs> I went in her room and took one, <laughs> just one. <laughs> you don't need them both to ruin the whole set, you know? So I just, I just took one and I hit it and she came out looking for it. She's like pissed off. She can't find it. And I said, I've got it. <laughs> I stole it from you. I took it. It's mine. And she did not like that very much. It was like, it was really weird. Cause it was like, she, she was very upset about it, but she got, she got it. She gets it. Like she understood the principle, like it clicked. And you know how much, you know how many times I've had a problem with that since, <laughs> you know? I, not, none, none. I'll just answer you right now. I've never had a problem with her borrowing my things without asking. Like it's like we had this mutual thing, and I'll, I'll even go in her room and I'll offer her the same respect because obviously it's not going to work if I'm violating her property rights by taking her shit whenever I want and expecting her to, you know, expecting different out of her than I give, you know, in return. Well, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, when you're dealing with a child, particularly if they're already school age, all you have to do is talk to them. I, generally, they'll get the idea. Um, what they are, unless you get all luxury. If you get luxury, they've already drowned you out, and it's it's. I do not endorse lecturing at any point. <laughs> um, but generally, if you're just really basic about the expectation, don't take my things. That's wrong. You take my things, I'm going to take your things, and it's not okay. And they move and the situation moves on. Maybe at some point you have to actually make good on that promise. But the conversation has been had and now they understand. Um, my daughter vanishing the other day. Right. Now she's not allowed to go anywhere until I give her the go ahead, which will most likely be this weekend. Um, 
But now she understands what will happen if she does not follow that rule. So that, that sounds like a, an excellent solution because what you're doing is setting boundaries and kids like need boundaries. They crave boundaries. I've, I've seen kids grow up without any kind of boundaries and it's messy. It right. takes a long time for them to figure out how to even respect boundaries when they don't have them. So that, that's a fantastic solution. Everything that you do, every disciplinary action, every response to any situation isn't about what you're feeling in that moment. It's about their well-being. Right, right. And and ultimately, for me, it's about delivering to their 18-year-old self a version of them that they would appreciate having. You know, that makes sense. Right. We, we want them to look in the mirror when they're 30 and be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I like how um, Stacy in the comments says, she says, uh, when I turned 10, I became the parent. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. See, that's... I, I had a theory. I had a, I had a theory on this, and it seems like um, we're we're in a culture nowadays that wants that instant gratification. That it's it's that microwave culture. They want everything now, 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 now. And to tell somebody that, listen, yes, you can get the immediate compliance of a child by hitting them. You can. You can put fear into them, and you can get immediate compliance. Um, you you'll get the results you want in the moment, but long term, it's not gonna it's not gonna you know work. It's just not gonna work. And I think that might be, uh, you know, I'm just trying to kind of brainstorming here. So, you know, tell me what you think about this. But it just kind of seems like we've got this this kind of, like I said, microwave culture trying to come into the parenting cycle here where it's like, well, I don't have time to sit down and, and explain this to you or, or teach you this or you know, I'm just going to go ahead and hit you so I can go on about doing my thing because I've got I'm, I'm already busy doing all this other stuff and I need that instant result now you know well but, we have we have a whole system of parents who are one becoming parents when they're not equipped to be parents like mentally like or, mentally emotionally they right. they don't have what it takes because it takes an absurd amount of patience oh my god um so Stacy says uh, her mother started using drugs when she was 10 and she didn't return to normalcy until she was 18. And Stacy, I am so sorry. That is terrible. I am really sorry to hear that, Stacy. That is rough, like really rough. Uh, that that that's what I guess that's what she meant by she her becoming the parent. I, I just assumed it was a I became bigger than my mom kind of thing. But. <laughs> no, apparently she had to grow up right quick. Otherwise, yeah. Right, right. No, I mean, you know, I. I I really feel for kids. You know, I see some of the kids like my 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 kids. You know, they're top of the class. They're doing fantastic. I feel like we have a really good, you know, great relationship. <laughs> Haley here, my producer, she got val valedictorian for her eighth grade year this year. So I'm like, that's fantastic. Um, but I'm looking at all these these other kids. The you know, you you see their their family structure. You see their home life. You see what they're going through and it's like, oh my God, I, I wish I could like help all of them and just bring them into my house. And I know I, I know I can't, but it, it does break my heart hearing stories like that, you know, because I had it pretty good. I mean, I, you know, I, I I got I got hit and yelled at, grounded, all that stuff. Yeah, it could have been better, but you know, far as on a scale of one. We turned out okay. Yeah, that's a terrible argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, I turned out okay. <laughs> That's 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 like saying, well, I've been smoking for 50 years. I got lucky and didn't die of lung cancer. It's, I turned out OK. No, still a third of you are going to die from lung cancer. Don't do that. <laughs> At any rate. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this has been a pretty good discussion so far. I mean, let me know how you feel in the comment section as, you, as you're prone to do. But um, 
yeah, just tell me what you think. And and and, and seriously, if, if anybody can find some kind of evidence or proof or study that shows with, you know, definitively that spanking is a better solution. It's, it's about a, when it is applied, it's generally about solving that issue, whatever it is, on the spot. And it's not usually the appropriate response. Well, I'll make sure to leave the uh, that video that we played in the comment section, or not the comment section, but in the uh, description, so you all can check that out as well. Just you know, just if, if you do me a favor, at least watch it. It's 17 minutes. You know, it's you know very good information. And if you can dispute it, by all means, please send me some links because I would love to see it. Because I was looking, I couldn't find it, so I had no choice but to change my mind about that. So, um, the final question of the show was, who is Chris going to kill? I'm still right. waiting. I'm still waiting in suspense. Like that's that's so frustrating. And I mean, we're we're leaving everything on a cliffhanger here because that was that's the whole reason I showed up. Chris is gonna hear from me. Yeah, me too. Pace, let me try. I've been trying to get a guy into the show, and so, some people, when I send them the Google link, it um sends them to Google Hangouts, but don't send them to the show. And some people, it sends them right to the show. Like, hmm. what's it do when it like when I send you the link? What what do you do to get here? Just curious. I click it, it opens Hangouts. I have to accept the user agreement and then it drops me right in. Oh, so some people don't, I don't know, I don't understand. I've had to friend two people and then send them. He might have to have, uh, when I first used Google Hangouts, I had to set it up. Oh, okay. No. I had I had to go through the process of setting it up to mm -hmm. make it work properly. Feel, and it still doesn't bad. always work right from my phone. Okay, I feel bad because he's been trying to contact me and, and and come into the show, and I've been trying, I've been talking and trying to actually run the show, so it's a little hard to, to do that. Um, yeah. So, at any rate, so I guess we'll not, we'll have to wait until next time to find out who Chris was gonna. I'm so disappointed. I'm like really pissed off. I wanted to know who was Chris gonna kill. Like I was telling people in my social media channels that somebody was going to die tonight. And now nobody's gonna die tonight, unless you and I can just like duel it out. You want to do that? Can we? Can we like fight? Uh, yeah, we can always fight. Okay, uh, I bet that'd be a fun fight. Uh, just like, yeah, I've got a big yard. Just come over and we'll just like fight in my yard. And, you know, the first one that's unconscious loses. Oh, I was thinking dead, but, you know, maybe I think I think your way is probably better. My, my way is less likely to put one of us in prison. <laughs> I heard that. All right. So thank you all for tuning in and watching the show. I do appreciate everybody who comes in and hops in the comments section and, and, and talks to me and throws insults in my <laughs> At any rate. <laughs> At any rate. So, yeah, hey everybody, um... thank you for showing up. If you're not already subscribed to Daniel and you showed up because of me, subscribe. He's good people. He has great content. And I also have your uh, Twitter link in the description as well. Um, and and if you ever want to be on the show, by all means, hit me up and uh, go over to the website unframe unframeofmind.com and hit the button. You know, uh, I I always forget what it says because I keep changing. <laughs> so I can find something that works because nobody's used the form yet to request to be on the show. But at any rate, it's a big giant button on the front page. You can't miss it. Just hit it. Put in your put in there what you want to talk about, what kind of topics you enjoy, and I'll be sure to line you up for a show in the future. You don't have to put on clothes, Stacy. Just stay off camera. I, I mean, I'm technically not wearing any clothes. I'm just using footage from an old video, and it just happens to line up perfectly with everything I'm saying. It, it, you can see him right now. All you can see is the top. That's because he's not wearing pants. Well, my daughter's in the room. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> 
Oh, except we're in Tennessee and she's also not wearing any pants. <laughs> it's the South. <laughs> All right. And, and, and last but not least, please, um, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm trying to start to build up some kind of uh, subscriber base and far as support. If you'll, if you'll go over to unframeofmind.com slash support, I have a few different ways that you can support the show, whether it's through buying some t-shirts that I've designed or you can uh, or you can donate a monthly amount if you want to do that or a one-time donation. Um, or if, if you want to see what the shirts look like, I will be posting pictures on my Twitter of Daniel's shirts. I have one and have not fulfilled my promise of actually doing that yet. So I'll make sure I do that. Yeah, where's my picture? And and those shirts are different. You're going to have to hit me up um, specifically for those. Those are a little bit different than the ones that are in the shop. But um, I've also got an Amazon affiliate link. If you want to do any shopping on Amazon, if you'll just be so kind as use that link, I get a small percentage off of it for referring you to Amazon. And it, just, it helps me out cover costs. So I do appreciate that. Um, so until next week, we'll uh, keep on rocking and we'll keep on unframing your mind. Bye. Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.